Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, coming to you from the heartland of America. And during those commercial breaks, I encourage you, go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And also contact me, send me your emails to mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can also find me on this platform under the Empowerment Channel. And of course, I'm on social media, that's Facebook and LinkedIn. Now, you know, on this show, every week we explore the phenomenon of leadership. And what does it really take to be transformational? That's the question I ask all my guests. And things like authenticity, having integrity, leading with kindness and love, they're all powerful dimensions of leadership. But when we look between that thin veneer, there is a powerful driver underpinning every action a person takes. It's your mind. And in fact, my guest today says every choice we make and subsequent behavior is influenced by four core mindsets. And these mindsets impact how we think, how we learn, how we behave. And it is these very mindsets that directly correlate to our own success in life, work, and leadership. My guest today is Dr. Ryan Gottfriedson. He's a leadership professor at the Mahalo College of Business and Economics at California State University, Fullerton. He is a mental success coach, a cutting-edge leadership consultant, author, trainer, and researcher. And he has a new book coming out this May, so you are getting a preview right here. It's called Success Mindsets, The Keys to Unlocking Greater Success in Your Life, Work, and Leadership. So, Ryan, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Hey, thank you so much. And you said uh, that so well, uh, that uh, the mindsets are foundational to everything that we do. So I'm uh, looking forward to chatting about it with you. Well, I tell you what, I, I read your book, and I'm telling all my listeners right now, it is a good book because you really take what I appreciate about what you wrote here, and it's different from others, is that you really bring together diff- disparate points of research and thoughts and points of view and you put them together in such a good way that it's easy to wrap your arms around and say hey am I being this that or the other which we're going to explore in just a minute and so I have to ask this is a maybe an esoteric a a rather large question but in general terms how effective would you say leaders really are today well I think we would all answer that question by saying we wish that they were more effective than they are And, of course, this is going to be a case-by-case basis. But let me give you some statistics that I think are really startling. So, for example, it's reported that 40% of employees rank their boss as being bad. 60% of employees report that their boss damages their self-esteem. 65% of employees would prefer to have a new boss over more pay. And 75% of employees report that their boss is the worst and most stressful part of their job. That's rather bleak. So, (laughs) Yeah. So it's almost suggesting this this, statistics are saying 
that in terms of employee experience in the workplace, maybe the majority of employees are having a negative experience with their their boss, manager, or leader, which is really startling. Mm-hmm. And we hear the research often, the reason, number one reason why you leave a job is your boss. And so, so that's, okay, so what you're saying is, hmm, there's some work to be done here. And that leads me into the next question I have for you is, what's preventing leaders from truly being effective? The thing that's really interesting about this to me is that, and when I go out and I work with organizations, I've yet to meet a leader or a manager who at least is willing to say, I am not trying the best that I can. Mm-hmm. So my perception is that leaders and managers are trying the best that they can. They want to have a positive influence on the organizations they lead and the people they serve. But unfortunately, as we just related with these statistics, their positive intentions do not always translate into the positive effects that they want to have. And maybe let me give you an example of this. Is that okay? Yes, yes. Great. So I don't know if you're a football fan fan or not, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about Tom Coughlin. So Tom Coughlin uh, is the former head coach of the New York Giants. And when he was with the New York Giants, he won two Super Bowls. So he's a rather successful head football coach. Well, a few years ago, he stepped down as being the head football coach and took a job as president of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have historically been a rather subpar team. They generally haven't been very successful. And so I think we've got to believe that when Tom Coughlin made this transition, Tom Coughlin saw this as an opportunity to turn the Jacksonville Jaguars around, to leave a legacy both for the team and also for himself. Well, fast forward a few years later into his job, into this last football season, and the NFL Players Association came out with a report. And what they said is that the players of the Jacksonville Jaguars represent 3% of the NFL because there's about 32 teams. And from that 3%, they generated a full quarter of all NFL player complaints. And this led them to even say that because there's so many complaints coming out of the Jacksonville Jaguars, we cannot recommend that our players play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so very quickly, Tom Coughlin was fired by the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I just think that the situation is so fascinating because, again, we've got to believe that he had all of the right intentions in the world. He wanted to have a positive impact. But at the end of the day, he ended up having a negative impact, that the team was worse off after he left than when he started. And so this is, I think that this broad example is unfortunately playing out in almost every arena that we could find. And so really my book is designed to help us to get at how do we unlock the positive effects that we want to have? How do we allow our positive intentions to align with the outcomes that we create? It makes you wonder how one individual can be successful in one arena, but go to the next and not. And I think that, I mean, that lends itself to my next question for you, because this is the premise of your whole book, and it's based on what you call the four mindsets. So, you know, talk about what you mean about this term mindsets. Yeah, great question. 
so our mindsets are the mental lenses that we wear. They shape how we view and how we see the world. So our mindsets are the reason why two different individuals can see the same situation yet interpret it so differently. And depending upon how we interpret it, that shapes how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. Uh, Let me play this out and give you, I just think, a really powerful example of this. At least it has been for me. So um, we can ask ourselves, well, in fact, let me even mention this, that I read recently, so I live in Southern California, and that California is home to half of the United States homeless population. So Mm. that was really startling. But what that means for me is that when I drive to work, uh, it's not uncommon for me to see somebody standing on the street corner asking for some form of assistance. And, And so one of the things that we've got to ask ourselves is, do you think in general that these people are doing the best that they can? Because how we answer that question... And how we see them shapes how we're going to think about them and how we're going to behave. Uh, so, so let me give you a couple examples. And, and I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but for most of my adult life, I would see these people asking for assistance as not doing their best. And when I saw them as not doing their best, I was really quick to be critical of them. I would think to myself, what are they doing with their time? Why don't they do something more productive? Maybe go get a job. Well, what's my likelihood of being willing to assist them in that situation? And even more, what's my willingness to live up to my ideal self if that's the way that I'm seeing and thinking about them? And then the opposite side of this is what happens if I see them as doing their best? Now, if I see them as doing their best, it leads me to ask the question, what in the world has happened in their life that has led them to believe that this is the best way to live. Now, immediately, I grow empathetic, and I I want to be of the best support that I can to them in that situation. So hopefully that example kind of plays out the power of of our mindsets, how we see others shapes how we think about them, how we behave towards them, and really what who we are bringing to that situation. Are we bringing our best self or are we bringing somebody else, somebody less than our best self? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. It's a powerful... It's a powerful way of what you just described. I, I remember I, I heard a story Oprah Winfrey had a guest on. He was the chief of police over, I think it was over in New Jersey, I believe was the area. And, and the police officers were getting a bad rap for interacting with a population there. They were mishandling and really, uh, you know, the, the kids, the teens and were just did not respond to them well. And the police officer changed, really had challenge them to change their thinking to say, instead of saying, you know, they're tyrants and this and that and the other, to ask the question, what got them there? Very similar to what you just said. And it really completely changed the dynamics between the police and the community. And you're, so I completely subscribe to what you're saying here is it's so much about what is your mindset going into that situation? So that's a good question because we are talking about leadership here is why is it so important for us to consider these mindsets when we think about leadership effectiveness? The, the reality is that what 
the main message here that we've been talking about thus far is truly our mindsets are foundational to how we think, learn, and behave. And so uh, oftentimes I'll present, and I'll visually describe this, I'll, I'll present a pyramid. Uh, to folks. And at the top, the tip of this pyramid is the outcome that we want, is we want leadership effectiveness. And so we've got to ask ourselves, what's the immediate driver of leadership effectiveness? And so as we move one level down on that pyramid, the immediate driver of our effectiveness is our behaviors. So the things leaders do drive how they, how effective they are. Well, then we've got to ask ourselves, what drives our behaviors? Well, our thinking is what drives our behaviors. So yeah. the quality of our thinking determines the quality of our behavior and the quality, essentially, of our leadership. Well, then, let's, can we dig even deeper? And yes, we can. What drives our thinking? Well, that's our mindsets, and that's the very most foundational aspect about ourselves. And what, to me, is really interesting and really what got me into focusing on mindsets is that in my research and studying the leadership domain in academia, the last 70 years of leadership research is primarily focused on leadership behaviors. What do they need to do to be effective? Mm -hmm. And that's important. We need to understand that. Uh, But at the same time, I think that's a little bit short-sighted because even if we were to improve our behaviors, if our mindsets stay the same, those prevailing mindsets are always going to resist the changes that we're trying to make in our behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so it's, if we want to become better leaders, it's not enough just to focus on behaviors. And I would suggest that probably 90% of all leadership development efforts is a focus on behaviors. I would say that 9% of leadership development efforts is focused on thinking. But even then, while that's better, it's still not at the foundation. And so in my experience, about 1% of organizations and people are focusing on their mindsets as a way to develop themselves. But that's actually the most natural and effective way of, of helping us to become better leaders. Because if we could push our mindsets forward, naturally we're going to think and behave better and therefore be more effective leaders. Mm. So it's that very foundation of mindsets. You've cued us up nicely for the next segment because for all the listeners out there, we're going to dive into what are those four core mindsets. So for everyone out there, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. And we will see you back here on the other side of this commercial in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Dr. Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. 
Dr. Rebecca provides a stimulating, encouraging environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for Mindful Space to Pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Well, here we are. And I am joined today by Dr. Ryan Goffertson, author of the book called Success Mindsets, The Keys to Unlocking Greater Success in Your Life, Work, and Leadership, which comes out this May, by the way. Now, before the break, we were talking about mindsets, and those very mindsets really influence the way we think. And because of that, our behaviors are and that's what other people see and respond to. And what Ryan is saying is, yes, Addressing behavior is important, but beneath that, it's even more powerful because it just frames our whole approach to life. And did I get that right, Ryan? Yeah, you got it. And one of the things that we didn't mention, and I think the reason why leaders often don't focus on their mindset is for most of us, our mindsets reside below the level of our consciousness. So they're, they're dictating how we think and how we behave, uh, yet we don't recognize that we have certain mindsets and we don't recognize the role that they're playing in how we think and how we behave. And so if we can awaken to our mindsets, then we become empowered to shift and improve our mindsets, which I think is the most powerful aspect of focusing on our mindsets. Mm. And that's where those unconscious bias come to play and, and other things, which, you know, that, yeah, which is a big part of all of this. I, so, Ryan, let's talk about what these four mindsets are. And your first one is called growth mindset, which I've had some guests on my show in the, in the past talk about growth mindset. When I, but I'd like to have you t- share us, with us why this is such a powerful of the four core. I mean, they're all powerful, but let's start with the growth mindset. Yeah, and maybe just just very quickly back up and just kind of tell you why I focus on these four sets really quickly. So um, there's a wide variety of mindsets that are out there that you could talk about. I focus on the four sets that we're going to talk about is because these are the four sets that academic researchers have focused on over the last 30 years across psychology, education, management, and marketing. And so... While, while there are mindsets that are out there, they just don't have the research backing that these do. So I'm not saying that these are the only mindsets that we could focus on, but I am saying that 
all of the research over the last 30 years suggests that these mindsets that we're going to focus on truly will unlock greater thinking and behavior in our lives, and therefore we're going to be more effective and successful in really whatever realm that we're operating in. So hopefully, does that set that this up okay? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Perfect. So, yeah, let's and go so, for it. As you mentioned, there's, uh, and, and let me even just mention is for each of these mindsets, they actually come in a set that range on a continuum from negative to positive. And so when it comes to a growth mindset, growth mindset is on the positive side. A fixed mindset would be on the negative side. And our mindsets are going to, wherever they currently are, are going to fall somewhere along this continuum from negative to positive. And what research has found is that about, in the case of fixed and growth mindsets, about half of the population has more of a fixed mindset, while, of course, the other half has more of a growth mindset. And the difference between these two is that when we have a fixed mindset, we don't believe that we and others can change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. But when we have a growth mindset, we do believe that we and others can change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. So how this plays out is that if we have a fixed mindset, we kind of feel like we are who we are or they are who they are, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And why this matters is because if we have this fixed mindset, don't believe that we can improve, and we fail, we're left to interpret that failure as though we are a failure. So those with a fixed mindset are inclined to avoid failure at all costs. So they're inclined to avoid challenges. They always want to put themselves in a position where they know that they're going to look good. But those with a growth mindset, they're not allergic to failure. In fact, they see failure as opportunities to learn, grow, and advance themselves. And so they're going to be much more inclined to approach challenges Whereas, again, those with a fixed mindset are inclined to avoid challenges. And that approach versus avoid is something that, again, as we mentioned earlier, that occurs for most of us at a non-conscious level. And it's such a good litmus test for, for anyone listening to this conversation would be, let's say that your company is all of a sudden taken over and acquired by another company. What's your initial reaction? Do you go, oh, crap, I need to get out of here. This is going to shake up my world, or this is great. I'm, I'm going to learn something new and have a new experience. Would you agree? Yes, right on. And even let me give you a more practical example uh, that I, I talk about in my book. is Let's just say if you're new to doing something like baking a cake and you try it first, you know, your first attempt, and then if it fails, how do you respond to that failure? Do you say, oh, I got to make another one because I learned a few things and I can make it better next time? Or do you say to yourself, oh, man, I, I'm never going to be good at baking a cake. I'm, I, that was just a miserable experience. I'm never going to try again. And, and so this is, again, this where two people can encounter the same situation but interpret it very differently. And depending on how they interpret it, that's going to shape how they think about it and consequently how they behave associated with that scenario. Yes, great example. And for the growth mindset people out there, you hear the phrase, fail early and fail fast because you're going to fail. And that's part of the process. 
and yeah, and there's another quote out there that's, uh, I don't fail, I either win or I learn. And that's another great, I think, uh, mantra to have. Uh, that's a great mantra. So that's growth mindset. That's the first mindset you, that you introduce. Then you go into the second one, which you call open mindset. Well, and as you said, there yeah, are two so, continuums. They're closed and open. So go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so open's on the positive side and closed is on the negative side. And it's really about our openness to the ideas and suggestions of others. And I'm going to compare a closed mindset to a bucket that is full. So if, if we see our mind as being a full bucket, meaning that we kind of think that what we know is best, what happens if we try to pour something into a full bucket? Well, everything's going to run off the side. Nothing is going to be absorbed. And so when we kind of see our mind as being full, that what we know is best, then what ends up happening is we're the one that's always wanting to be right. We want to be the one with all the answers. We avoid feedback. We avoid new perspectives. And we see disagreements as threats. But... If we can just leave some room in our bucket for the idea that we could be wrong, then we start to develop an open mindset where rather than being focused on being right, we have a focus on finding truth and thinking optimally. So rather than being the one with all the answers, we're asking questions. We're inviting feedback. We're inviting new perspectives. And we see disagreement as opportunities to learn and grow as opposed to threats. Does that make sense, the, the differences between the two? Yes, it does. And in, in therein lies the power of curiosity and asking the questions like you said. And I'm also familiar with the Google project called Project Aristotle. And in there, one of their findings when they were looking at the high-performing teams and what was the constant between all of them that really provided for them to be highly successful and what they emerge or what emerged from that was what they call psychological safety. And I think it'd be really important for you to talk about that, why it's so important when we think about our leadership and, and even in our lives and engaging with others. Yeah, great question. So psychological safety is the belief that we can speak up and take risks without fear of negative repercussions. And the only way that we are going to feel comfortable speaking up and taking risks is if we believe that those that we work with are open-minded, that they will at least hear our ideas. And I'm a former Gallup consultant, and I don't know how familiar you are with Gallup, but Gallup goes into organizations and assesses employee engagement. And they have a measure with 12 different items uh, that they use to assess engagement. Some of these items include things like, I have the materials and equipment that I need. I have the opportunity to do what I do best every day. I receive recognition in the last seven days. So those are some of the items. Now, all of those 12 items are important for engagement. But my question before joining Gallup was always, okay, out of these 12, is there's one that is most important? And so when I, when I took on a consulting role at Gallup, one of the first things I did is I got my hands on as much data as I could to answer that question. And so I looked across nine different organizations, 60,000 employees, and what I found is that the most important item out of these 12 for employee engagement was an item that says, my opinions count at work. And if they could strongly agree, so a five on a five-point scale to that item, 95% of employees were engaged. 
And this is in a database where they're saying that only 30 to 35% of employees in the U.S. are engaged. So if we, if, if people feel like their opinions count at work, they're going to be locked in, they're going to be engaged, and we're going to get the most out of them. But if, in order for an employee's opinions to count, they've got to feel like they're in the psychologically safe environment, which is fueled by those open mindsets. Wow, 95%. And I'm just thinking about, I think a lot of people, when you ask, are you closed or open, naturally, well, of course I'm open. But when we're really triggered, when we're in those moments, it, your, your true colors come through. And that's the thing that we have to think about is the impact that it has on other people. So, yeah, what you're saying is if you've got that open-mindedness and the psychological safety nets there, just think of the power that you can unleash in terms of what you can do and what you can accomplish as an organization or in your personal relationships even. It's really a powerful mindset. Perfect. Well said. You know, here we are. Let's We're in the middle of the four. And so why don't we take a break here? When we come back, we'll finish up the next two mindsets. And then let's also talk about what we can do to build and have the positive side of all of these four mindsets. So for everyone out there, stay tuned. We will be back here in a couple of minutes. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. 
To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. I am here today with Dr. Ryan Gottfriedson. He's the author of the book called Success Mindsets, The Keys to Unlocking Greater Success in Your Life, Work, and Leadership. And it comes out this next May. Now, before the commercial break, we were going through the four core mindsets that are identified in his book. And we got through the first two. That was growth mindset versus fixed mindset, open mindset versus a closed mindset. And now, Ryan, let's go into the next two, which I really got a lot of value from when I was reading your book. And that's what you call promotion mindset versus prevention. Take it take it away. No, you're great. Yeah, so the prevention's more on the negative side, and this is when we're focused on not losing. Then on the positive side is the promotion mindset, when we're focused on winning and gains. And to kind of explain the difference between the two, I want us to imagine that we're a ship captain in the middle of the ocean. And if we're a ship captain in the middle of the ocean and we have a prevention mindset, our number one focus is going to be on not sinking. So we don't want any problems to occur. We don't want to take any risks. We don't want to rock the boat. In other words, we, want, we just kind of want to maintain the status quo and we want to stay safe. And so, but what happens if a storm comes on the horizon, as it inevitably will, if we have this prevention mindset, it's likely that we're going to run from the storm. We're going to find a place of safety, a harbor or port where we're, we can uh, wait out the storm. But we've got to ask ourselves, is that harbor or port the destination that we originally set out for? Well, no. So oftentimes when we have this prevention mindset, we're really justified in having it because we want to stay safe. We don't want to have any problems. But at the end of the day, we get blown about by the winds and the currents of the sea. Those with a promotion mindset, not, it's not that they're not concerned about sinking. They are, but they're more concerned on reaching a specific destination. And so if a storm comes on the horizon, they ask themselves, does this storm stand between me and where I want to go? And if the answer is yes, then they make preparations for braving that storm. They'll batten down the hatches. And they'll take the strategic risk of going against the winds and the currents of the sea. Because at the end of the day, that's the only way that they are going to get to that destination. And and so hopefully that kind of analogy or metaphor helps us understand the differences between the prevention mindset and the promotion mindset. And the the big outcomes are those with the prevention mindset, while well-intended, end up being the passenger of their lives. Whereas those with the promotion mindset, they end up being the drivers of their lives. Mm. I have to bring up, and I think you can really, this will resonate with you. All my years of working in consulting, I used to have conversations with leaders about risk-taking, that it's essential for innovation and so forth. And I would always get the response, but, you know, Matt, I can't allow my analysts to take risks and then have it impact our deliverables for clients. And so that conversation would always be so frustrating because right there, I believe, is a prevention mindset versus, you know, having the promotion mindset. And what are your thoughts on that? You know, you're so right. It, it, 
this control versus empowerment that many leaders struggle with. And the reason why we get into this control mode, this prevention mode, is because what we've learned is that if we have problems, our customers leave. And, and we, if we don't be, if we're not intentional about our mindsets, that's going to be the mindsets that we develop. In fact, I believe that if, if we don't have a purpose and if we don't have goals or this destination, our default mindset is this prevention mindset. And it can be really easy to justify because we don't want problems and we don't want to lose customers. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be meeting the needs of our customers. The absence of health or the absence of disease does not necessarily equal health. And so when I, similar to you, when I work with organizations, it's not uncommon for me to find leaders who have this strong prevention mindset because they don't want to have those problems. But at the end of the day, what they don't recognize is that as they focus on avoiding problems, they're not focused on creating solutions for their, their customers. They're, they're just kind of, how do we do the minimum amount so that our customers are not disappointed in our work? Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a great example. That's how it plays out in, in the workplace, or at least what I saw so vividly. And it really gets to, right, what you're saying, creating solutions. And uh, there's this famous quote, and I've heard it before by Viktor Frankl, and I know you had it in your book too. It says, those who have the why to live can bear with almost any how. And I think it sums it up so well is that when you have that purpose, that that goal, that direction, don't get caught up in the how do we get there. It, that's what drives people. And I think that's what you're getting at here. Yeah, and this is a, this is a shift that, I feel like I've had to make in my career. I think for most of my, my professional career, I had a prevention mindset. And I, I was given a book that helped me to shift my mindset. The book is called The Five-Minute Journal. And what it invites me to do is on a daily basis write down three things I'm grateful for, three things that would make today amazing, and some self-affirmations. And as I did this on a daily basis, it exercised my promotion mindset neural connection. It helped me to, how do I make today better than yesterday? How do I make this week better than last week? And it helped me to start to establish these goals and destinations as opposed to just um, the default, which is avoiding problems and trying to kind of create comfort. And with that prevention mindset, I kind of saw the storms and the waves out there, and I saw them as being scary. And why should I even, why should I even deal with those things? Like, that is treacherous. But as I developed the promotion mindset and I started to do things like started my own consulting business, uh, write my book, as I've done these things, I've been playing in these waves. And while they look scary from a distance, when I'm in it, while it's while there's some ups and downs, surely, I'm finding that I'm really enjoying the journey. So before, I was really scared of what might happen. Now I'm finding, wow, this is a lot of fun to be in here. Yeah, there's some days there's sun, some days there's storms, but, but at the end of the day, I, I feel much more fulfilled because I'm working towards a destination. Mm. 
you know, what a difference. I, I can hear it in your voice. Just such, yes, there's an energy there. So that's the promotion versus the prevention. Let's get to the fourth mindset. And that's the one where you, you posture that there's an inward and there's an outward mindset. And talk about what's important to understand about those two sides of the continuum. Yeah, when I gave uh, earlier in this uh, show, when I talked about this example with the homeless and how we see them, this is what we were talking about, the inward versus the outward. So when we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as being more important than others. And when we see ourselves being more important than others, we have a tendency to see others as being less than important, less important than us, that they're more like objects. But if we have an outward mindset, we see that others matter just as much as ourselves. Their needs and wants matter just as much as our own. And when we have this outward mindset, we're able to see them as people and value them as such. And so when we see others as not doing the best that they can, we're, we're actually looking at them through this inward mindset. We're going to have a tendency to be rather critical of them. We're going to think of them as being less valuable than ourselves. But if we see others as doing the best that they can, we're going to be much more empathetic towards them. We're going to see them as a person and and consider their feelings in a level that we wouldn't if we had that inward mindset. Perfectly said. And and I, I guess my question for you is the way that you're talking about it, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm also wondering, why do people still cling to being inward? What, do you, what are the causes for it? Well, I think it's natural for us to be inward, and for most of us. And it all is going to depend on our, how we're raised, our, our upbringing, or the cultures that we're currently in, or all things that shift or, and shape our mindset. But, I mean, we're, the basic idea is we're kind of number one. We're our highest priority. And, and it really takes some conscious effort for us to shift our focus from getting ahead to lifting others. And that's the desires that are associated with these different mindsets. When we have this inward mindset, our desire is to get ahead, that we're important. We want to advance. And that, that's, those desires are really easy to justify. But it generally leads to a selfish and maybe high ego motives, whereas if we have that outward mindset, our desire isn't necessarily to get ahead, not that we want to fall behind, but our true desire is to lift others. And one of the things that I've learned, uh, both in my experience and also learning from great mentors, is that the more that you seek to lift others, actually the more that you end up getting ahead. Mm. Yes, and I, I and there's a quote in your book. I wrote it down because it's a good reminder. And it says here, the more we focus on our own success, the harder our road to get there. And I, it's like, yes, you're right. It, it, it's so important to help make sure other people are successful. So what what are what's some what are some questions or what are things that we can put in our minds as as leaders of organizations, of communities, of families, of of groups. What are some thoughts or questions we can put into our head to challenge us to say, oh, wait a minute, that's an inward. How do I focus outward? 
Yeah, it's a great question because for me, I, I honestly think that this is the set of mindsets that I struggle with the most. And I think in general, people will fluctuate um, more with this set of mindsets than the other sets of mindsets, um, at least on a, like a daily basis. Because the one moment I could be driving down the freeway and, you know, not let somebody into my lane, even though that they had their blinker on and have this inward mindset, but then I could get to work and, and I could see somebody that may be frustrated and I could be really sensitive to that. So I think we, we kind of have a tendency to go in and out of this a little bit. And mm-hmm. what I found most helpful for me is some self-talk, some introspective questions to gauge where I'm at with this mindset. I could ask myself, am I being inward or outward? Am I seeing them as an object or am I seeing them as a person? And immediately upon asking these questions, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm making this mindset conscious to me. So before I ask the question, I'm kind of operating non-consciously. But when I ask the question, now I can be conscious about it. And then that empowers me to make some changes. And in fact, there's, there's another powerful question that, that I love. It comes from Benjamin Zanders, the founder and conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. And he asked the question, and he, and he generally tries to ask this when things are going wrong. And he says, who am I being that their light is not shining? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful question. I mean, I even try to ask it when I'm maybe having a difficulty with my children, is rather than point the blame at them, oh, they didn't get enough sleep, why don't I ask myself, who am I being that their light is not shining? And I think that we could only answer that question honestly as if we have an open, uh, an outward mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, in that question, when I read it in your book, it's because I, you know, I'll say, okay, one of the things, and I, I admittedly, as you just said here, this is the one that I, I go in and out of. And I, by the way, I took your assessment too, and it, it showed some, some really interesting things in there. And and for me, it was I'm I, I'm challenging myself to say, okay, what am I doing that's preventing that other person from bringing the, their full self to work or being their full productive, beautiful person that they are? What is it about me? And it took me a long time to get there, realizing I need to own this, and it's that's a big one to swallow. It's definitely not easy, and I've had to, you know I've swallowed that bitter pill because when you awaken to the fact, oh my goodness, I've been so focused on myself, often to the detriment of others, and and mm-hmm. before I just didn't realize that detriment that I was having. That's that Tom Coughlin effect that we were talking about earlier, and in in many ways, this mindset journey has been really uncomfortable for me. Because I've had to face the fact that my mindsets have not been positive. Mm-hmm. But it's only until I can take ownership of that that I become empowered to shift my mindset. And at the end of the day, if we want to become more of our ideal selves and have more of the positive influence that I know we want to have, we have got to focus on our mindset. If not, our negative mindsets are going to continually resist our positive intentions. Mm. And, and so I hope that this framework that we've been talking about really helps, if you're listening to this, really helps you unlock more of the person that you want to become. Is it the easiest journey to get there? No, but at the same time, it's also easier than you probably think it is. 
Because what research finds around mindsets is in order to improve our mindsets, we've just got to engage in small exercises that activate and strengthen our positive mindset neural connections. So the five-minute journal is an example of one of those. But like even research has found that watching a three-minute video about how stress is enabling as opposed to disabling will shape our engagement, our performance, and decrease our blood pressure over the next three weeks. Mm. So even a small, simple video at one point in time can have effects for up to two weeks. Well, what if we could start stacking these interventions on top of each other? Now we start to create more permanent shifts in our mindset. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully w- listeners can feel what the power and the importance of mindsets, but also recognize that while our mindsets may not be most ideal at this point in time, there's things that we can do about it. That's why I love focusing on mindsets, because they are things that we can develop and improve. And there's your growth mindset apparent just right there we can change we can do these things and you know I, I i talk with guests every week and we talk about the power of servant leadership for example or you know transformational leadership and so forth and everything that you're talking here and you bring together and bring to light here is it it supports all of that because if you want to be servant leadership be a real servant to the people that you're working with you're asking yourself what is it that I'm doing in this moment how can I help that person it's having those constant conversations to really work on rewiring your brain if you will so I really that's what I like so much about this. So before, I, I've got two things before we are off the air that I want to address with you. And every week I, I ask my guests about energy and how they see this playing into the equation of, of leadership. And I'm a believer that we all have a combination of energy within us. There's the counterproductive, is that, that catabolic you know, destructive, but it's energy we have to have, that surge of energy, you know, to get us out of some situations. And then there's the positive growth-oriented energy. It's called anabolic. And hopefully, we're all living in that space most of the time in our life. And so for you, I'm so curious to hear what you're thinking about when you think about leadership and mindset and energy. Yeah, let me... Such a great question, and here's what I see when I work with leaders. So each of these mindsets, whether for the negative or the positive, are associated with specific desires. So on the on the negative mindset side, so we've got fixed, closed, prevention, and inward. I mean, even as I say those words, there's a different, there's a kind of a unique energy about that. But the desires associated with these are a desire to look good, a desire to be right, a desire to avoid problems, and a desire to get ahead. And as we look at these desires, these are really easy to justify. I mean, who wants to look bad, be wrong, have problems, and get passed up? Exactly. Nobody. <laughs> nobody does. But where's the focus of these desires? It's on it's on us. And that and they're connected to these negative mindsets fixed, closed, prevention, inwards. And so when you ask yourselves, is this somebody that I want to associate with? Is this somebody that I want to follow? Somebody who always wants to look good, be right, avoid problems, and get ahead? Generally not. In fact, what, what the effect of, of having these negative mindsets, their associated desires, 
is that we essentially have a shriveling effect on those around us. Mm. But if we can make the shift over to the positive side, we're going to have this blossoming effect. I mean, even as I say the words growth, open, promotion, and outward, it just seems much more beautiful. There's a different energy with that. And the associated with desires with these mindsets are a desire to learn and grow, a desire to find truth and think optimally, a desire to reach goals, and a desire to lift others. And so as you compare those desires, the negative to the positive, I, I, I just think maybe it's just me, but I just feel the difference in the energy. The, the one is just less bright than the other. And, and if, we could, if we could have those positive mindsets, we're really being probably that light and that energetic force in every situation that we're encountering that we want to be. Mm-hmm. And I often say on this show that words create worlds. And what you just did was create a world of positivity with those, those four statements right there. And I really, I really appreciate the way you framed that. We are almost at the end of the show, and so I've got a. I'm going to challenge you, Ryan. You've got about a minute, minute and a half, as you <laughs> as we reflect on this hour. What would you say would be some good next steps that our listening audience can take to really think about where they are on all four of these mindset dimensions? Yeah, great question. So. Uh, if we want to shift our mindsets, we've got to put labels to them. We've got to identify where we're at, and we've got to identify resources to improve them. And so I try to make this as easy as possible on my website. So if, if people were to go to my website, ryangofferton.com, immediately they can find uh, uh, the mindset assessment that I have. It's free. Anybody can take it. It's only 20 questions. That'll help us identify the language, help us identify where we're at. And there's also a bunch of resources about how you can improve your mindset. And then in addition to that, you could also pick up my book where we dive, you know, really deep into all these concepts that we've been talking about. And for all the listening audience, it's chock full of excellent resources that with links and other uh, other things to, to go to and access and take this assessment. It's free. It's free. And it's a really excellent resource to get in your inbox. So <laughs> Ryan, I can't thank you enough. And now I want, I want to make sure before we go, the best way to get a hold of you is to go to your website, right? If the, if the audience wants to connect with you. Yep, that's the best place. If, and then it, the second best place would be LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active. So if you want to follow or connect with me there, I would love to do so. Wow. I cannot thank you enough for spending your time with, with me this morning to share this gift of understanding what these four mindsets are. So thank you so much for being on the show today. No, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I enjoyed the conversation. Excellent. Well, good good luck on, on your promotion, on your speaking, and, and, and getting your book out there for others to get and to incorporate into their lives. So appreciate it. And for everyone out there that's listening, here we go. It's, a, it's another day. And so next week, if you have a topic or something on your mind that you would like me to bring to light on this show, please let me know. You can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. And until next week, harness your positive energy and lead that transformation. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time 
on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.